Hello, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you are listening to this. This being the uh, podcast, which I haven't hosted for a long, long time, but I will tonight. Uh, <laughs> it does feel like forever. Uh, it really, really does. But uh, you are listening to French Football Weekly, the podcast, and my name is Chris, in case you had forgotten. Uh, if you had forgotten, sorry, here I am again. But luckily, we've got the, uh, the full trio in place to, uh, to talk some sense and fill in the gaps. Uh, they are Mr. Rich Allen, Mr. Jerry Smith, and the lovely Phil. Good evening to you all. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. And uh, we are going to obviously talk World Cup. Um, there's a few little tidbits from Liga that we might squidge in at the end, maybe. But it's very much World Cup central uh, on this podcast this week, as we are only a day away. Yes, the football hiatus will finally end and you can watch all the games to your heart's content. Maybe not Russia, Saudi Arabia, but let's move on. So uh, we are obviously going to preview Le Bleu's campaign. Uh, obviously have a little chat about the squad. A uh, little chat about the uh, opposition that we're going to be facing in the groups and where we see it going and possibly looking at lineups, which is where we're going to start. And then to finish this pod, just for a little bit of fun, we're going to compare the current vintage to the 1998 vintage and maybe build a squad combining the two just for a bit of fun. So if you uh, like that idea and you want to put your own versions in, tweet us and we'll have a little look at those ourselves. Right then, boys and girls, shall we uh, commence with... The, uh, the situation in terms of France heading into their first game. Um, let me start with... Phil's a bit poorly, so let me start with Jez. Uh, um, Jez, what's your sort of thoughts currently on, on where France are as, as they head into their first group game? It's not until the 16th, which I think is Saturday. It is Saturday, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, they host the Socceroos of Australia. Um, where do you think France are at the moment? Mixed, mixed views on the friendlies and their performances. Um, I feel like they kind of are where they have been for pretty much the whole of the last two, arguably four years, where it's, to me it still very much feels like from match to match, I don't know which France is going to turn up, which players are going to turn up. You know that there's a fantastic squad and a very good team there. Um, the question is, you know, this is a team that can lose to Albania, can um, you know, scrape a draw against the USA as they did last weekend. At their best they can they can beat Germany and you know, outplay other very good teams. So I think it just depends which which France turn up. And one day every single one of the starting eleven will all play well at the same time. Probably the last time they did that actually was against Germany in the Euro 2016 semi-final. And there'll be a match for anyone on their day. The problem is that also at any one time, there seem to be two or three players going through some kind of person, not personal crisis, but dodgy form. At the moment, I feel like it's it's the defence. And to me, that's the, that's the real concern going into this. I think Griezmann in his press conference yesterday pretty much said, we know we've got a very good attack, but whether we... You know how well we're doing this World Cup depends more on the defence, and I think it's got it absolutely right. Everyone talks about what embarrassment the richest France have, which is true in the forward line, but I think it's very much less true of the midfield, and not true at all about the defence. I think the defence is is probably the worry, and um, Rich, this seems like a, a lovely time to bring you in. Um, 
Adil Rami uh, is probably <laughs> the one that we're all kind of poking the finger at. But there was also a, quite a, um, I say concerning, um, slightly worrying tweet. I think um, I think our colleagues over at um, uh, the uh, I Get French Football News retweeted this, and I think Jonathan Johnson has, has said the same, that there's some concerns over, was it Sidibe or was it over um, Mendy? It's I think it's actually Sidibe. Sidibe. Yeah. And, and, this, is, and this is bad Yes. Well, <laughs> down, down, Jez. Down. He, he missed. He missed the large part of the run-in with a mm. with a knee injury, and then um, in, in one of the recent friendly games, can't remember which one. Might have been. Was it the one against the US? I think it he was. He came off yeah. against the US. Yeah. He, he came. He came off, and it, it, it seems as though they've got concerns that the knee may not be quite in the place they want it to be um i think they, they arrived in leg. in russia <laughs> they arrived in russia um a couple of days ago and he hasn't yet taken part in a training session i think he is due to take part in one um uh, very well if it wasn't today it's, it's tomorrow today, yeah. Um, and you know they they were very much going to be a case of well let's see how he gets on but I think all that seems to indicate as far as I'm concerned that he probably won't be starting on Saturday which uh, I think as as, as myself and and Jez have, have, have tweeted out it we don't want to see players missing through injury but if you if you're looking at the you know for the good of the team for the good of the squad and for the good of the the chances in this tournament. Benjamin Pavard as your, your starting right back is is the way to go. But then um, you do need cover. So when is the last date that they can bring somebody up from the uh, reserves list? Because obviously Debushi is Debushi. Surely, I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I know if, I'm if probably biased. Should he but... be missed the end of the season and still isn't properly fit and nobody's sure if he can play? Yeah. Then. Like you say, for the collective, that's a big risk. And Debushi can cover at centre half if necessary as well. Well, I'm not he... sure about that. Well, he's better than Rami. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? Um, I just, I just think that there's more of an upside for Debushi. I mean, his and his form was so good going into the end of the season. He's got the experience factor as well in a, you know, a fairly youthful squad. If you look at it over as a whole, I just think that's possibly something that, that could be looked at. I suppose we shall see. I don't know when the well, last call-up is there. I would, I would, I would imagine that, that after today's session, they're probably going to make a final call probably tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and if, if today's session hasn't gone as well as it has, and, and overnight things perhaps haven't settled down in the knee department, um, I guess they would make the call. They would, they would make the call tomorrow. Um, you know, so that 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 Debushi can fly out, join the squad, and at least get a couple of training sessions in before presumably you know taking a spot on the bench on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, agreed. What um, Phil, just sticking sort of from the defensive side of things, um, what do you make of the the situation in in terms of in goal? I mean, we we know Hugo Lloris is obviously going to play. Um, there's been some sort of fairly high-profile gaffes, both at club level and at international level, um, in the last sort of six to twelve months. 
but you could say the same about the um, the other option, of course, being Mondunda. I think, I don't know whether it was Rich or Jazz, both were saying that, is this the time for Ariola? It's yeah. not going to happen at this stage, but is that something they should be looking at if these errors continue? Well, it's it's too late for this tournament. I mean, we know Hugo's going to start. He's the captain. Yes, he had a bit of an issue, bit of a flap uh, in the USA game on Saturday. Mandanda is the second. He did have a very good opening to the season. There was a, a long sort of list of, of wins, clean sheets, but he's not perfect either. It's um, uh, a case where Ariola is the third goalkeeper, but the one where you might actually feel kind of more confident in him than the other two, but maybe that's because of context that uh, the other two have faced more trouble and had to stop it. So it is, I think, too late for Ariola to be stepping up for this tournament, in which case I think they have, yes, they have to stick with, with Loris um, and hope that, you know, Saturday was that him getting that out of his system. Um and uh, and and take it from there. We all know, you know, the 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 goalkeeper, the defence is going to be the issue. That if somebody you know really runs at them, which is perhaps more of a knockout issue than a group issue, but it's still going to be a bit of a worry in the group issue. I saw a tweet from Jez earlier talking about how worried you are about how worried you are if you see what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. You worry about everybody, and you're worried that you're not worried enough about Australia and I was like yep yep I, 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 I feel you on that one because if anybody any team can put a, a quick break together and if they do that and the defence and goalkeeper are not up to snuff there's always the possibility they are going to concede it's going to be a matter of can they contain that enough and can the attack do enough to, to put them ahead and so this is, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a nail-biting situation. Um, obviously, Umtiti, the only, the only player other than Mbappe to start all three of the friendly games. Um, so obviously, everyone's going to be just praying, touching wood, thinking positive thoughts, etc., that nothing happens to him. Um, but yeah, we've got Varane um, coming in in the last one, Kimpembe. You know, it's it's going to be something that 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 needs to be kept an eye on. But they are all good players. They just need to focus, particularly in the in the group matches, to make sure everybody gets bedded in and uh, uh, and acquits themselves well. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I do just want to ask you all um, sort of one other quick question each, if I may. So uh, we'll keep these brief. But um, I'll start with you, Rich. I want you to. Uh, just tell me, have you got any concerns over Antoine Griezmann's form? He was really out of sorts the other night. Um, seems to have a lot going on in his club life, if you will, uh, whether he's going to stay at Atletico, whether he's going to move on. Nobody seems to know. Deschamps said he wanted it sorted by tomorrow. Of course, there is still time for that to happen. But is there a concern that his mind is elsewhere at the moment? Or are you happy that he is the, uh, the, the go-to man? Uh, I've got no concerns with him at all. He's he's come out and said, I know what my decision is. And I think 
I, I err more on that it's the right thing to do. Is is that he's saying? Look, now is not the time to be to be talking about it. Now is not the time to be to be. You know, whatever his decisions, obviously, whatever his decision at club level will be, is going to garner huge interest. Be it he is going to move to to Barcelona, presumably Barcelona, or he's going to stay with Atletico. Um, whatever the outcome of that, there's going to be a big big scrum for. The stories and coverage and this, that and the other. And, and I, I think it's quite admirable of him to say, look, now isn't the time. Maybe in hindsight, he could have announced all this, you know, a few weeks ago. But, you know, I, I credit him that he's not, he's not going to let this be a distraction to the team. He's not going to let this um, become, too much of a, become too much of a focus. You know, he wants to look at focusing on the match on Saturday. The rest of the team need to be doing that as well. Um, I, I've 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 no 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 concern with his form. I don't think it's been too bad. And ultimately, when we get to the when we get to the competition proper, um, you know, he's got a track record of of, of pulling out the goods. So no, no. I think one interesting thing was you know the the gift that's uh, the the footage that's going around of obviously the the French press officer saying all questions will be in French to try to stop the Spanish journalists from asking about the move situation and one of them used his phone to translate his question um the press officer went a little bit um was clearly not happy but Griezmann was was laughing at that he was kind of like well played <laughs> so what's, I think what's he's the, what's the worst that can happen if she yeah. announced the Spanish club two days before yeah I mean <laughs> Seriously, nothing like that could possibly happen. But, yeah, I think he's he's fine. His head seems to be in completely the right place, and he'll just he'll just get on with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fair point. It's it's one I thought I'd bring up. And and speaking of players who might have their head elsewhere, uh, Jez Nabil Fakir. Um, I, I know this probably won't be a, a popular thing amongst Liverpool fans, but I'm delighted that he's not going. Although we all know we all know the outcome of this, don't we? He'll go to the World Cup, he'll be brilliant, and he'll probably end up going anyway. So I'll have to eat, eat humble pie. But is he a player that you think, given sort of where things are at the moment, could end up being sort of the slow burn of the tournament, i.e. the player that starts on the bench and then makes an impact when required? Uh, yeah, I do think it's a possibility. If you'd asked me before these three friendlies, I would have said no. But um, I thought he was very good against Ireland when he started. I thought he was fantastic, probably a, let's say, game changer um, when he came on against uh, the USA. He had a part in at least where he scored one against Ireland. He had the sort of penultimate pass. Against the USA, he had a couple of uh, good long shots, three kicks that came close, and I thought he was, you know, in a short space of time, I think he was probably the, the French man of the match. Um, in, in the face of not much competition, to be fair, but I think he's really, beforehand, it felt like all, he was probably just there as Griezmann's backup, with Deschamps sort of backup for every position. I think he was just going to be Griezmann's backup. But I think he's shown that he can do more than that. And as there's sort of more and more of a push to, to have reason on that paired up front and to, to ditch Shiru, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, mm. I, certainly one of my favourite options, if that's the case, would be to have Fakir behind those two. Um, I think he's, he's proved that, he, I mean, partly because of injuries, he hasn't actually had 
um, so many goals, a certain a sort of consistent run of, of matches for France. Um, but in, like I said, in sort of um, a bit under two matches in, in the last week or so, I think he's really shown he absolutely deserves to be there. He's sort of he's not no longer daunted by the occasion or anything like that. He, he can take the responsibility. Um, as for Liverpool, I think whether he plays or not, I still think he's going to end up going there. But certainly, presumably, Liverpool will be hoping he gets as little time as possible on the pitch because a few more good performances, and I think Olas is going to be adding a few zeros to the end of the, end of the price. Mm. Yes, yeah, of course, his price is going to go through the roof if he if he does perform. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, the last one I wanted to ask, uh, I'll ask you, Phil, about. Is this the World Cup that we really see Kylian Mbappe become uh, even more of a world superstar? I mean, to, to me, everything, if you, if you look at all the squads of the World Cup, I think there's only maybe somebody like Asensio maybe could, could have it. Uh, Neymar is the obvious one. But this World Cup is, is, is just set up for Mbappe to go and, mm. and just become an absolute elite superstar, isn't it, surely? Well, we hope so. Uh, that's the thing. It's his first one. I mean, how old was he at the last one? Fifteen. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of kind of ridiculous how how fast his rise has been. But he has managed to sustain it. Obviously, PSG's situation has been a bit weird this year. But I think you'd say he has sustained the promise that he showed at Monaco in um, the year they won the title, and. He is clearly, he's the other player that started all three of those friendly games. Deschamps may have his limitations, but he's not an idiot. So um, I think we are looking at this team being built around certain players. And that is, you know, Titi trying to to control things at the back. Um, Midfield's a little bit more, more iffy. Who who gets the main role there? But Griezmann and and Mbappe uh, as the the leaders of the attack, which as we've talked about, the defence having a few issues, the attack is going to be also the best form of defence. Um, just put put the put the willies up them, keep everybody back. Don't give them time to think. Don't give them time to break. And that's the kind of thing that that Mbappe can. Uh, can bring as well as you know the kind of the positive attacking uh, impetus, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, so I, I really, I, as you as you rightly say, I really hope that this is uh, his his tournament. We should um, just take a, a very brief look at, at the Socceroos. Um, I, I think it'd be fair to say we're, none of us are experts on their current setup, but I think they they changed their coach and they Bert Van Marwijk, the Dutchman, is now in charge after Ange Postecoglou, I think that's his name, mm. uh, was previously in charge for the long term. If you look at the squad, the first thing that jumps out at me is it, it's a fairly aging squad, in that most players are 25 or above. Um, they have good old Timmy Cahill still in their ranks as well, at a grand old age of 38. Um, the, the, the only names that really stand out to me as potential dangers for France would be um, Matthew Leckie, who's playing in the Bundesliga. Um, for Oh, where did he go? He went from Ingolstadt somewhere else. But um, he's a he's a talented sort of attacking forward. Um, Aaron Moy of Huddersfield fame potentially is, is decent on the ball as well, as is Tom Rodgers of Celtic. Uh, Robbie Cruz is the main source of goals. Um, it, it's 
surely not Matthew, a side. Matthew Ryan and go, please. Matthew, what? Well, sorry, yes, Brighton legend Matthew Ryan, um, and of course Millie Yedinak, who's had some interesting mm. stories written about him this week. Uh, Google it, people. It'll be interesting for you. Um, do Do I not want to Google that? Just probably not. No. Okay, cool. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Um, Rich, do you is there anything that concerns you at all heading into that first game uh, of of the World Cup for, for France? As you say, it's on the Saturday. It, it shouldn't be a concern, should it? Uh, it shouldn't be. I think I, I, the opposition themselves don't give me necessary cause for concern. I think it's just the concern I have is that France underestimate them. France put in a, a performance that we've seen once or twice in opening games at World Cups. Um, but I, I don't see this. I think I think that the, the team that, that, that Deschamps is now rumoured to be putting out for this game, I think is exactly the team I'd be putting out against this team. I don't think they're particularly quick. As you say, they're quite a quite a, an, an ageing side. I think pace is going to be key against them. Um, so I think I think what the, the the sort of formation and the and the players that Deschamps is rumored to be picking for for that game will will really will really punish that that Australian offense. So I, I I'm not anticipating them to cause them too many problems. Although if they do line up in a sort of four five one formation, maybe that could that could frustrate France. Um, and maybe that gives cause for, for someone like Fekir to come into the team that can perhaps unlock that kind of that kind of a formation instead of the sort of four three three that they may be going with. Um, but but ultimately, I think France will still do the job. Um, I'm not expecting them to be totally convincing because ultimately, it's France. It's the opening game of a World Cup. Um, it's it's not going to it's not going to be a performance that I think great actually you know what they are going to win this tournament but they will ultimately get the job done. I think um, just looking at their uh, the friendlies they've got coming into this they they lost to Norway but then they drew nil nil with Colombia they beat the Czech Republic four nil and on Friday they beat Hungary two one but this looks like it was a fairly chaotic game with uh, Trent Sainsbury's own goal equalising for Hungary before one of the Hungarian defenders did an own goal to get the winner in the 92nd minute for Australia. So it's a bit... Looks the Australia like, uh, goal is, is her, the Australia own goal is horrific. Mm. And Matty Ryan had been substituted by then. Right. Okay. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> You're really, really defending him. I mean, just looking at their, you know, their stats, yes. 28, average age. Um, they've got... The, the clubs they're playing for are obviously all over the place, but are Millwall, Bochum, Hibs, Hertha, Bursaspor, Hull, Brighton, Villa. You know, it's the the danger here is that they are greater than some of their parts, as it were, and that's what, as Rich was saying, we need to be cautious about. But if the rumours are true and they're putting out pretty much a first team to get everybody up and running and into the tournament, then that is good. Um, that they're going to be attacking this first game with a strong team um, to, to try to get the best out of it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, Matthew Lackey, as, as you rightly say, there of her three was at Ingolstadt last season. So, uh, yeah, for my um, hipster people, get, get to me there. I'll correct myself. Um, 
Okay, so um, rather than going to you all individually, then I'm just going to uh, we're just going to sort of have a quick look at what lineup we expect. Then I'm assuming we all agree that it'll be Hugo Lloris in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, are we all thinking four two three one here, or are we? No, no, Okay, so based upon that, um, any arguments with some TT and Varane as the starting centre backs? No. None. No. Uh, and are we all in agreement that uh, Pavard should be the right back and yep. probably will be at this point, do we think? I, I, I yeah. suspect no, that's no. the case, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's the other one, that It's the other hmm. one. Um, so so who, do, who do we think then? Do we think it is going to be <laughs> Sadivi or do we think it is going to be um, Lucas Hernandez? Oh, do you mean Mendy? Uh, I mean, Mendy, oh, sorry. Mendy. Mendy. Yes, yeah. yeah, sorry, Mendy. I, I think... I think they should go with Hernandez. Yeah, me too. Mendy looked the first Rusty. match back. It looked it looked fine, like you know, sixty minutes. You expected a bit bit more next match, a bit more the next match. But actually, I thought against the USA, it looked like it was kind of catching up with him. Um, he was Sidibe was more at fault, but Mendy was partly at fault for the USA goal. And um, you know, when he went off, I think he was he looked absolutely shattered. He hasn't played the whole season, um, and I saw an interesting thing saying that in the last World Cup, when there were slight doubts about whether Saka was fit, he started every match and was substituted every match. When the substitutions could prove to be important, and, mm. um, you know, Deschamps doesn't want to be having to use one sort of at exactly the same time every match for the same position just because someone's getting tired out. It would have made sense if Hernandez hadn't looked so great, but again, he's another one who's really impressed in his friendlies. Mm. So I think, oh, I think that, that's ready. I think that's what I would add, I would add is I think it's not necessarily a default that because Ben hasn't played, um, you know, enough games that he's looked unfit. I think actually Hernandez has has excelled. I've been really, really you know, obviously I don't see him yeah. week in week out, but I've been really impressed with him coming into the. I had no idea he was. I thought he was just a solid, defensive-minded left back, but I've been really impressed with him going forward. Um, I think he's been, I think he's been excellent, and I think over the course of these these friendly games, I think he's he's well and truly played his way um, into 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 claiming that starting left back role. Yeah, I also think because of a player that we're going to disagree on later on, um, <laughs> I think it's very important that we have a couple of fullbacks who. Are predominantly defenders and able to get back and back into position mm. Yeah, yeah. I think what, what, one thing that interests me is obviously if if you don't start Mendy in this game, the next game is against Peru, who I understand have some kind of reasonably rapid wing play going on. Yeah. Um, would that be a sensible time to blood him? Possibly not. Then you're into playing Denmark. Last group game, is that a good time to, to get him? Involved? It's like, if he doesn't start the first game, what's the best place to start him? Could Hernandez, I mean, I Hernandez the, just have this sewn up until you know, something goes the wrong? Idea, yeah. The ideal is to win the first two matches and you exactly. can hopefully rest players, play the second second team in the mm, last match against Denmark, which also brings yeah. lots of moments from 98. But um, him, you know, the, the fact is, sense. yeah, I mean, if Hernandez gets his chance, takes his chance, then too bad for Mendy. I, I'm a yeah. huge fan of Mendy, but, mm. you know, in a way, he's, he's done brilliantly just to be in the squad. 
Mm. But um, he shouldn't be in the team just for sort of Twitter band's sake. <laughs> shark t- hashtag shark team okay um so we're all of the opinion that we go hernandez but we we think mendy may get the nod what about the three in midfield no i i think hernandez will get the nod i think i think hernandez will get the nod as well yeah yeah okay okay i i personally really hope so i just think he is uh as, as you've all said there, I think he's really impressed me with he's a bit more than just a defender. So um, let's see what happens on that one. The three in midfield, I'm guessing we're all pretty certain Pogba will be one of them. Um, uh... Question is, where else? Um, Kante seems to be issuing as well. I would go Tolisso as the third one. Does anybody... Oh, that, that, that's the three I go with. I, Pogba really, Pogba's my main issue of those three. But on the basis that I have to accept that he won't be dropped, <laughs> this is this is the best formation for him. Um, it's up to it's it's on him now. It really is on him because I don't. I, he, the problem is if I, if he if he gets dropped, I don't I don't quite know how the, the team would look. Um, I he's not going to be dropped. He's not going to be dropped. I, if he was going to be dropped, he, I think there should have been a more pronounced dropping, if you like, during some of the friendly or even back to back mm. to some of the qualification. But he's not going to be dropped now, so I think let's 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 stick with him in that four three three. It's it's supposedly the formation that works best for him, that gets the best out of him. Let's just go with it because uh, you know I'm sure as Jez will will will, will mention about him, you know when we get those golden moments, they are golden. And France may need those golden moments and, and just have to hope that there's enough quality throughout the squad to ride out the moments that are not quite so golden with Pogba. Yeah, yeah. No, Pogba's problem is not the golden moments. It's that every single time he gets the ball, he tries to create a golden moment. Mm. And as he showed for certainly the first half against the USA, I think, he's at his best, whether he likes it or not, playing it simply, because he still does that better than anyone else. Mm. Um, And that's what he should be doing. Mm. In terms of the midfield in general, my only real priority is for Matuidi not to start. (laughs) (laughs) I really think he looks faster. So, I mean, my three originally would definitely be um, Conte, Tolisso, who, like Fekir, like Hernandez, Pavard, was to me absolutely played his way into deserving mm. a starting place. And my instinct would have been Kante as the sort of holding midfielder, um, maybe Tadiso to the right, Pogba to the left. But I've seen two people come up with a suggestion of all the sort of hundreds of people suggesting their team, two people. And one of them is Didier Rouston, who always persuades mm. people of anything, who says Kante's wasted as the holding midfielder. At Leicester and at Chelsea, he plays in a two-man midfield, and his sort of uh, USP, or whatever, is that um, he he can win the ball and then very quickly sort of make 10, 15, 20 meters, um, lay the ball off, and you, in that sort of transition, you've caught the whole of the opposing team off balance. And his and their suggestion was have Nzonzi as the holding midfielder. That's absolutely his job anyway. And they suggested having Kante and then either Pogba or Tiliso as the, as the other midfielder. I don't think mm. that's going to happen, but I think it's quite an interesting suggestion. 
Yeah. If it's the three that you'd expect, well, not the three that you'd expect, but Kante, Pogba and Tolisso, what I'd quite like would be Kante and Tolisso both sitting back a bit or sort of taking yeah. turns to push forward because I think yeah. they're both intelligent and selfless enough to do that. And Pogba, who I don't think can be trusted to show any kind of team discipline, just let him sort of move a little bit further forward and be a bit freer. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. And I guess um, those midfield three is, is going to then potentially depend on, on the forward three because looking at France's attack, which is clearly the, the standout of this squad, um, it's hard to see any of the three doing much defensive work. Um, I'm assuming, again, I think from my point of view, it, it's probably going to be uh, Griezmann, Dembele, and then one of Giroud or Mbappe. And I think we'll all probably agree it's going to be Mbappe to start with. Um, or do we think Giroud gets the nod ahead of Dembele, for example? Thoughts? I think it's like Giroud or Dembele. Mm. Yeah. And the, the, the thing I think Jez and I agree that we think Dembele would be better off the bench as an injection of pace to knacker, already knackered defenders. Um, the problem is, of course, that Giroud had that smack on the head on, on Saturday, claret everywhere, etc., etc. And while he seems to be fine, whether that might um, kind of compromise him slightly, I think, particularly given the style of game we'd expect against Australia, which might be a bit more kind of routine, physical, etc., that I think Giroud should should start. If you put Gri- I don't know if you put Griezmann on the on the left, he's gonna be there somewhere, but try to try to work that in and give Olive a, a bit of a kind of fight in the fight in the air with some some equally large defenders, see what happens there. I just feel I'm not if you're going to put someone on left wing, then Lamar is a specialist left winger. Mm. Keep Dembele on, on the bench. Keep him as an injection of pace in the second half if things aren't going your way. Obviously, Mbappe starts. That's just a given. I, I, would, I would have Mbappe on the left of the three. I thought that's where he, he impressed the most with, with, um, with Monaco. Um, and then, obviously, he can, he can drift inside. Obviously, we know that. I would, against Australia, against a pretty slow team, I would go with Griezmann in the centre, Mbappe on the left, Dembele on the right. Um, that's not, I'm in no way, shape or form denouncing Giroud. I'm, I'm as much of a Giroud fan as everybody else is um, on, on tonight's podcast. But I just feel, you know, let's, let's, let's show, you know, let's, let's, sort of go after them. You know, they're a, they're a slow team there for the mm. taking. I, I want to see France come out and really play a, a great brand of football um, that's fast, that's attacking, that's energetic, that's youthful, that, that really, really looks to cause teams a problem from the off. Um, and I know, I know Dem, um, Dembele is not the finished article yet, but I just feel that when him and Mbappe are on the pitch, they they, especially those two, just have something. You know, they, they, they're clearly, you know, quite pally. <laughs> We've seen that from the various Instagram posts in the lead-up to the tournament. We know that they're pally. And I just think that there's, there's something between them. 
that they're obviously friends, but they want to try and outdo each other in, in, a, in a friendly manner, mm. but still trying to outdo each other. Now, later in the tournament, that may, that may not be what France need. But I think in this game, why not have that? Why not have that to come out, to really make a statement, to have you know, two really young players, first World Cup, they're going to want to impress, put them on the pitch, let them show what they've got. Um, you know, I think there will be games that will, will come to, certainly I think perhaps say the Denmark game, where I do think Giroud should start. I think that game mm. would, warrant, would warrant him to start. But I think this game... Him versus could, Simon Kier, that could be it. Yeah, that could be more head injuries and claret. I think, <laughs> I think this, this, this game against Australia, I think, calls for that 4-3-3, calls for that pace. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think this game, this is the formation. I, go, I want to see Deschamps not be afraid to mix it up game from game. He doesn't have to have the same formation, the same 11 players and play them every game throughout this tournament. He doesn't have to do that. He's got the players that, who are talented enough that he can mix it up a little bit. He can play a 4-3-3 against Australia. But when we get to the, the, the Denmark game, he could switch back to the 4-2-3-1. Um, and I want him to be able to recognise that and, and put out a team to, to sort of fit the situation. And I think this situation, I think the 4-3-3 with, with those three up front, would work the best, and I think it would be really exciting to see. Yeah, so I, I, I'm first of all, Giroud. I just, I feel so. I know we've gone through this so many times. I just think the stick that he gets is absolutely abhorrent. Oh yeah, I agree. I think even the oh, it is absolutely. Even the the criticism. I mean, the sort of received wisdoms that he's he's not skillful enough, or you know, not as skillful as the other front players. I think it's bullshit. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, Jack Wilsh, I'm talking about Chris, not me, but Jack Wilsh's goal against Norwich was made by two superb Giroud flicks. Will, yeah. um, Ramsey's winner against, I think, Hull, was it, in the cup final? Cup final, made, sure, yeah, yeah. Made yep. by a Giroud flick. It's absolutely ridiculous. And actually, to be honest, take away the speed, I would argue he's got more controlled skill and flicks and things like that than Dembele. Mm. But I do see the point that... Um, the way he plays, which I think is an extremely effective way, and certainly Giroud and Griezmann up front has been proven to work very well. Um, possibly, I can see why people say it slows the game down, and I don't entirely um, object to, to dropping in, if that's not, really not fair to use that word because it sounds sort of pejorative, but to go with, with a different option. My concern is that I mean, actually, all the things that, that Rich said were good things about Mbappe and Dembele together. I agree with him, but um, Mbappe, I think if there's one criticism of him this season, and I think it was quite clear in, in those three matches, the friendlies as well, he's tending to become more and more selfish. Um, except in the USA match, when he was looking to, to pass to, to Griezmann a lot, Giroud got marked down for not having many touches of the ball. If the other two strikers around him are only choosing to play the team themselves then there's not too much he can do my concern is that um that sort of trying to outdo each other could actually work it could work in the team's favor but it could work against the team and Bappe, i don't have too many worries i think he's intelligent enough and sort of not pragmatic but skilled enough to to sort of overcome things like that it's dembele that i'm really worried about i you know 
the Italy match, he had that fantastic one and hit the bar, and then he had the fantastic one, not the fantastic one, the brilliant finish. Apart from that, he was awful as usual. Lots of speed, absolutely no control, which would be fine if he ever gave a thought to coming back and helping the rest of the team when they don't have the possession. And that's the thing I'm worried about. Mbappe is not much better. The two of them together, I really think is a concern. And that's why earlier on when I was talking about Pavard and Hernandez, that's why I think it's extra important that you've got um, really solid fullbacks because they're not going to be getting any support, I don't think, from the wings. So for me, that's why I'd actually quite like um, Fekir behind Griezmann and Mbappe. Um, but then all the onus is on the fullbacks to provide the width. So the other option for me, which I would be more comfortable with at this stage, is, as Phil said, Mbappe on the right, Griezmann in the middle, and Lamar on the left, which also has the sort of slight extra advantage of kind of reuniting Lamar and Mbappe. And not that I'd have Menti in, but if he was in there as well, then most of them together, it would be great to see them sort of combining again. And I think that would give you a little bit more control, a little bit more certainty of possession, a little bit more... Um, security when they lose the ball and on top of that you've got as Phil said the byproduct of Dembele coming on as a sub and causing havoc mm. Yeah I, th- I think it's um, the, the good thing about the French attack is there are so many different options and Thomas Lamar of course um, potentially fresh off his almost inevitable if not definite move to Atletico Madrid side um, you know, he that will probably re-energise him. And as we touched on earlier about Fakir as well, there's so many different options. Um, we should just very briefly touch on the tournament as a whole. Um, no more than a couple of minutes each on this one, if we can, because we still want to get through our combined 11s from previous and current. But um, Phil, I'll start with you. Uh, just same question to all of you, really. Potential winners other than France because obviously we all hope the French win um, and any maybe any dark horses or teams you're particularly looking forward to watching or particularly afraid of watching even it's, it's, it's so difficult you look at you know you look at the, the rankings you look at the, the odds and it's like yeah it's Germany it's Brazil it's Spain it's, it's whatever and kind of part of I know, getting ready for this part of the fun is not thinking about that you know i put it i put an accumulator on uh, for the group winners i've got six of eight uh first uh six of the eight group i put the favorite on and it's like seven to one that's a six six team accumulator seven to one a lot of this does feel predestined and then it's going to be you know the who can shake it up a little bit which groups uh, will somebody be able to break kind of the 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 expected uh, top two and so what I'm looking forward to is just seeing individual games that don't go as you think they will and I think that opener Russia Saudi might be very interesting because <laughs> I'm not sure Russia are going to win that and that means I think Putin might actually shoot somebody. So, Saudi, um, Saudi Arabia looked very good against Germany. Germany, they exactly. Did, they, yeah. they, again, they are not a team of, you know, uh, stars or anything, but they are a good collective. These are decent players. And Russia are Russia God awful. bin fire for ages. I mean, they're the lowest ranked 
team in their own World Cup. Um, the rankings knew out Saudi Arabia is actually the second worst team in the rankings uh, for the World Cup. But yeah, I mean, they could, if this ends up nil-nil, the stuff might end up on fire. But things like, I mean, I think Jez has written an article about Tunisia for... The short pass. Short pass. And I looked at, you know, their players playing in, in Ligue 1 um, for one of the articles we did. I think Tunisia might cause some headaches in their group, you know, particularly given that Belgium, Belgium have got, you know, great players, but a manager who might not know exactly what to do with them. Um, you've got, you know, Morocco might be looking at the yeah. chaos taking place in Spain and thinking, right, we might be able to take Portugal and Spain might be in a bit of a mess right now as well. You know, So it's going to be maybe not who gets through, but who comes close. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Brazil or Germany are going to win it, whoever, whatever. I actually kind of am not caring about that right now because I want to enjoy the group stages and see the chaos uh, that might reign as a result. Might ensue. And uh, Herve Renard, of course, uh, with Morocco, uh-huh. he's doing it again in that white shirt. Bless him. Uh-huh. back again, baby. Back. Oh, yeah. Bring back Mustafa Hadji and no Arshavin, no party for Russia. Um, Jez, what, what excites you or doesn't excite you? Any, any teams that you're really keeping a close eye on? I think, um, I mean, my favourites would be Germany and Spain, I think. Still Spain <laughs> after today, I'm not sure. Um, Brazil, everyone seems to be saying one of the favourites. I have to admit, I've barely seen them in the last four years, so I, I can't really say that with any confidence. But you know, the, the players, you, you look at the team sheet and the players they've got, they I think, well, similarly to four years ago, there's, there's, you know, obviously on paper they're, they're great, but there's some there that with our experience of watching PSG, I'm not absolutely convinced that when the chips are down, they'll necessarily um, sort of turn up at their best. Tiago um, Silva. Well, yeah, but I would <laughs> possibly suggest maybe Neymar could be mentioned in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll see about that. In terms of dark horses, I don't know if Belgium can be considered a dark horse because they've got such good mm-hmm. players. But I guess then the two that possibly dark horses and or I'm looking forward to seeing, I'm really looking forward to seeing Colombia again. And I think that they really are um, a very good team who could do some damage. And the one that I'm worried about, particularly in terms of using the phrase do some damage, is Uruguay who Damn always you. <laughs> you stole mine? Damn you! <laughs> yeah, they really excite me. Yeah, their potential quarterfinal opponents for France if mm. both teams get that far, and um, I I would worry a little bit about that because I think one of France's big problems, which they haven't really sorted out since the last World Cup when Duran got bullied off the ball for the the goal that knocked them out against Germany. And um, we also saw when when France played Colombia recently and got bullied in that one. And that's the kind of match where I could see France sort of going a little bit missing physically, and that worries me slightly. Yeah, and you just know that uh, a certain El Matador will be quite keen to um, score if that was the game that was played as well. Um, I think, apart, and apart from that, if not France, I would quite 
like Argentina to win purely because I would like Messi to Messi. win the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And, and the side that had Marcus Rojo and, and um, uh, the goalkeeper Romero, who of course is injured now, but any side with that is not going to win a World Cup, but you never know, I suppose. Um, and finally, Rich, any, anything different that you have there? Any other dark <coughs> Uh, I'm, 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 I'm of the opinion it's probably going to be it's probably going to be Germany. It's probably going to be Spain. I think, especially after the news today, I think if anything, for my, for me anyway, that makes him an even bigger fave <laughs> because it would be a very yeah. thing to do to, to to get rid of their manager and then win it. Mm. Uh, and you know to go on and win it and I, I, I yeah so I, I still don't rule them out um, I was hoping they bring Ramos at PK as joint manager yeah <laughs> shithousery uh, I, I think, I think Bra- Brazil are obviously going to be so keen to, to make sure that everybody if they can can forget about what happened in the last in the last World Cup so I think that's the that's going to be their big driver which I think could be a big enough driver to see them to, to success. Uruguay would be my dark horses as well. But in order just to add in another name, um, I not, not dark horses to necessarily go particularly far, but I think maybe to do a little better than some people have expected would be some, a team like mm. Senegal. Um, I, quite, I quite like the look of their team. I think they've got a, you know, a pretty, pretty good defence. They've got a rock-solid hard as nails midfield and then they look pretty exciting going forward it helps that there's a smattering of Ren players within that team um, but they, 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 they do have they do have a pretty good balance a good balance to the squad I think you've got the likes of, of Koulibaly who's obviously had a really good season with Napoli um, you've got um, Sadio Mane who's obviously had a very good season with Liverpool as I said you've got that that hard as nails midfield with the people like you know, Shaken Doy, we know him. Alfred and Die, he's he's, you know, pretty t- pretty tough. And then you've got the people like, you know, Ismail Hassan. I'll throw him in as a red player, but he's he's he is still an exciting talent. Fault not for his own fault, I think this season. But you know, I think I'm going to be really keen to see what he can do because you know he's part of the Senegalese starting eleven. So and they're not, and they're not in a particularly difficult group. I think that's a group that they very much can get out of, and and depending on where they finish, and depending where a a certain um, England finish, they could meet in the round of sixteen. So in the uh, and I think I think they would Poland cause the are eighth in the rankings. Colombia sixteenth. I mean the rankings obviously have mm. shifted around a shitload with the the friendlies. Australia have gone from forty third to thirty sixth. Denmark from nineteen to twelfth. Uh, it, it's a it's a mess. And but Denmark were unbeaten in fifteen. Yeah, but this this group, Group H, does look like it's one of the ones that is a a three-way battle, as it were. So, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting one. Always good to see, um, hopefully, the African teams um, doing well. Nigeria have possibly got quite a tough ask, but... uh, you the best kit. That's the key thing in this. Everybody segment. keeps talking about the kit. <laughs> They're also <laughs> really good footballers. But apparently, are they, the, are they potential second round points? I think oh. they are, aren't they? I think that's isn't that isn't it that group that they would play? Oh. Croatia, Argentina, Iceland, or Nigeria? I'd have to look at the brackets. It's not my special specialty. I'm not, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not to I've got a wall next to me, and I'm confused. 
I notice how nobody has said England there. So good work, everybody. That's, right. that's to be honest. Doing. To be honest with England, I think this they've got you know they've got a decent chance here. I think. I think you know. They, I mean, it's, there's a danger that so many people are not putting pressure on them that I think going into this tournament that it it, it goes completely the other way. Mm. But I think for once they're 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 relieved of that a little bit. It's mm, it's a, yeah. you know, they've got a they've got a pretty good balance to the team of experience and youth. They've got Southgate, who's clearly a coach that's got it. He's got it. Who's got his head screwed on? You know, I don't I don't I don't count myself necessarily as an England fan anymore, but. It would be good. It would be good to see them to see them do well for for once. You know, they've had so many tournaments now where it's just been this build up and build up of pressure and pressure and expectation, and it's just blown up. And nobody's come out of any tournament with any kind of any kind of praise or feel good factor. So yeah, I think it would be quite nice to see them do well. And I no pressure. I quite, I quietly think that they, you know, if England could make it to the quarterfinals, I, I think, think that's. that's- on yeah, paper, they've got a reasonably straightforward run to the quarters. Mm. And um, <laughs> my little holiday, which was interrupted by me being ill, was the third three-peat uh, of the end of the season. Obviously, Lyon uh, got the third uh, Women's Champions League. Real Madrid got the third Champions League. And England won their third Toulon tournament on the trot. Uh, the future is bright. And what is great uh, as Richard was saying is that Southgate who used to manage uh, the other 21s has put together a team that is young dynamic seem like nice guys everyone other than certain bits of the tabloid press are behind them and it's yes it feels like they can play freely and express themselves and and you know be all that they can be etc with this great feeling that the next generation is there behind them, ready to fill the gaps uh, as as they come come free. Uh, mm. With yeah, England beating Mexico in the final of Toulon. All I will say though, too many Spurs players, so I can't support them. Sorry. Mm. Um, yes, that's just my personal view. Of course, not the views of French Weekly. You go, um, <laughs> and well, yeah. You um, which uh, just just for the record, um, yes, thanks to you all for stealing all of my picks. Um, Uruguay is definitely my my team. I'm really excited about watching. Uh, but as a staunch Swedish follower, I shall be uh, cheering on these Latin the Sweden as well, uh, where no doubt they will bore the pants off everybody and scrape out the group, only to fall to some team in the second round. But nevertheless, I shall be supporting Sweden. Um, only other side that sort of I say jump out at me uh, Croatia just because you just never know what you're going to get with Croatia they're a, a box of spanners or they're a box of diamonds you just never know but that squad on paper is incredibly gifted not necessarily in the tax department um, but uh, yeah I think they've got some really really good players and, and potentially a group they could get out of as well so intriguing um, we shall see. We shall see. It's only a day away, everybody. Um, <laughs> we are just going to uh, just finish uh, just a little light-hearted uh, thing here. So um, I was talking to uh, to Rich, um, I think, and Jess briefly as well about this earlier on and saying I've just recently watched a program on, of all things, the History Channel, where they're doing these series where they're sort of running down mm. World Cups of the past, narrated by Sean Bean, strangely. Um, <laughs> yeah, strangely <laughs> enough. 
And, it's like uh, one of the official FIFA films, isn't it? It is, yeah, official FIFA. You're absolutely right. And I was watching the France... Who was in the, you know, the official FIFA film, the history of FIFA? They... Oh, God. Did they make a film? Was it really? Oh, it was. It was all. It was was. It was. It was. It was just an overview of the. Literally, just an overview of the tournament. It wasn't yeah, a, with a narration with actors kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was but, just, yeah. No, didn't they? Isn't there a, a feature film about the history of FIFA? I think there is. is Gary yeah. Oldman in it. Sounds yeah, that's that's this. I have taken a lot of night nurse. <laughs> no, it's true. It was one that they, yeah, they made some kind of fluff piece about how great FIFA was. Well, well, either way, I was watching the France '98 recap. Sorry, show. yeah, uh, that's all right. <laughs> and um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying bringing back the memories. And uh, I still remember the um, the front page of uh, one of the tabloids here, where it said uh, where it said Arsenal win the World Cup because, of course, the goal was Vieira and Petit combining in the final. Um, I still got that. And because you have to find a tenuous English link to any other success. <laughs> exactly, exactly that, Jez. Yeah, I saw through that one. Um, I've still got that newspaper, but it, it got me thinking, if we were to pick a, an 11 um, of the, the vintage of 98 and the current crop, uh, who would get in, how many would get in? Um, are we all saying we would go with Bartes in goal, first of all? Are we going 4-4-2, just to be old school? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? So if we go 4-4-2, mm. would, would we all agree on Bartes, or would anyone no. have somebody else? No, no? no the man, well, after, the man, after, the man after, Matt, frankly. No. After, well, yeah, but that's part of the appeal, surely. Yes, after watching but, the, 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 the France 98 anniversary match last night against the... He plays outfield at every FIFA, opportunity. FIFA, I've seen him FIFA myself. Five years ago at the SIF um, kind of futsal tournament, he he didn't want to play in goal. He was not not a goalkeeper. All keepers are mental. We know this. Um. I, I, I'm just saying the, the, there was the, the FIFA ninety uh, sorry France ninety eight anniversary match last night made up of a uh, against a I think they were called a FIFA ninety eight yeah sort of rest of the world mishmash mishmash I don't. I don't quite quite know why there were Greek players and and Usain Bolt. Never were people. But every, everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody else, I believe, was 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 part of a France uh, France ninety eight squad. But hmm. Bernard Lamar. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'll come on to the bad. I'll come on to the bad in a moment. Come on to the good. I mean, he's he's you know he's. He's 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 got he's got on a little bit, and you know not the nimblest anymore. But he produced he an absolutely ridiculous save. Yeah. Christian Vieri was was in on in on goal, and Lamar, I, I I was amazed. It was an forget who he was and his age. It was an amazing save, absolutely fantastic save. He then went and ruined it by. Completely fluffing a, a pass out from defence and and not finding a French player and finding Mendieta and it resulting in a, in a messy goal. But yeah, it was a, it was a, wonder, carious, a wonder a wonderful it was a wonderful save and, and it was a, it was a yeah fantastic fantastic match. But I I sort of um, yeah I've I've gone off 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 topic a little. So well, <laughs> to bring so, so topic, we're basically saying Bernard Lama in goal. I was going to say I we're basically saying too. Yeah. Lama as um, opposed to Lloris. 55-year-old Bernard Lamar in goal. <laughs> okay, well I mean you know why not? Let's just get the uh, geriatric eleven. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Lama. I'm certainly not as much a fan of Lama as Lama. So if but, if we were if we were going. 
if it was the Loris of the last couple of years, then definitely Loris. The Loris of the last couple of months, I'm not so sure. There was something about Bartes. I know it was sort of his his manner, which was kind of part of his style and part of what made him a good keeper. But as a fan of France, it just never made me feel comfortable. Mm. And um, so I'm a little bit torn. I do like Loris's calm in goal. Well, Bartes is kicking me. I've been outvoted on this one clearly, so we we are going to go Loris. Um, surely nobody is going to argue maybe argue with me when I go Taram and Lizarazu as the fullbacks. Surely. Rich might disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, go yes. on, Rich. Yes, no. no I'm gonna, I, yeah, Gibraltar, isn't it? Of course. No, it's 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 the it's the world's greatest ever player, and Lizarazu, of course, it is. Okay, and, and Lizarazu, what a handsome devil that man was as well. Um, yeah, he was. Do you Have you seen how fat he is now? Still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still would. Just say. <laughs> um, he doesn't know it, but I would. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're agreed on that one. Um, Centre backs. Uh, for me, I'm going Umtiti and Blanc. Wow. Bold. Um, Bold, okay. Offer me something different. Turam, Lizarazu, SIE and Blanc never lost a single match playing together. I, I was I was so close with Desai. The, the the Blanc thing kind of went in hand in hand because I had Bartes, I, I won't lie. So there is an argument for Desai. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't displace a single one of them. No. Okay. So I've been outvoted on that one. So, so Blanc, Desai? Yeah, for me, that, yeah. and I, I, I credit Laurent Blanc last night for not punching Slavin Bilic in the face. <laughs> Which <laughs> everyone instead, would instead, like instead, instead they shared a joke. But I, I swear, as they went in for a hug, Blanc must have said something. <laughs> I, I can't believe after all these years he's let he's he let that did, lie he, because yeah, I, I would like not. He said, no, he's still he's I, still festering deep. I, I wouldn't have done. I'd have, I, did, I did suggest I, the rich that. Maybe Billich gets a birthday card from the birth of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Um, okay, so that's our back four. Um, our midfield four, as we're going with. Um, this is going to be interesting. Um, I'm really torn on this, actually. Uh, rather than showing my hand, I'll throw it your way first of all. Should we not maybe do 4-3-3, three, because three, that's what... All right, then. You've twisted my arm. All right, we'll do 4-3-3. Three, three. Okay, it's still... Well, I'm it's still sure what formation the 98 one was, to be honest, I don't know. Kind of it, was a a weird, it was a weird sort of 4-2-3-1 four, 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 or something they, like that, wasn't it? Yeah. 4-3-2-1. Okay. Anyway. Well, I... Uh, yeah, so it's it down for Kia. Oh, oh well, yeah. we're, we're all agreed Sedan is one. We, we can all agree on that, yeah? Well, obviously. No yeah. dispute there. Um, I'll just my, the, my issue with this, if I can just break in here, is... Hmm. We're. I know it's a game, but I'm. 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 I'm a kind of geek, so I just want to say, you know, obviously the '98 team, they won. We know they're brilliant. We've got 20 years of looking back at, at their brilliance and their legendariness. True. And these guys are new and are going to try to do it for the first time. Most of them. We've not got a lot of hangovers from from the last World Cup the most exciting players are the ones that didn't play in the last World Cup. And it just feels kind of unfair to be comparing Umtiti to Laurent Blanc. 
you know yeah it's yeah, like I mean, we, we, we need to we need to look to the future people we need to to you know clasp our hands and move forward it's we it's a bit the of past but we move forward it's I'm a bit of hybrid. three things to that first of all just in terms of what you said about the exciting ones the ones that didn't play in the last World Cup. Only nine of the squads were in the last in the Euro in 2016 squads, which I was astounded at when I saw that quote. And I had to check it and it was true. <laughs> um, secondly, it's not I think the big difference which everyone's been talking about between this squad and the ninety-eight squad, which remains to be proved wrong, but it's not about ability, it's just that that squad was so supremely sort of mentally strong, confident in its own abilities and mentally strong, and didn't know when it was beaten. And I don't think, I hope I'm proved wrong, but I don't think that this team's got that or close to that. And mm. thirdly, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> well, we're just in the in the interest of, of building our team, they're just, just purely off, off the back. I mean, I think we're all agreed that... Can Bernard... say Zidane, Fekir. Okay, I'm I'm going to dispute that, uh, and I'm not going with Bernard Diamed. Um, uh, I'm I'm putting Patrick Vieira into that. I'm sorry, I just I just yeah, I know he was raw at the time, but I I just yeah, and it's not the Arsenal bias. Genuinely, I just I just think he would, for me, if you had a modern day at his peak Patrick Vieira and a modern day at his peak Kante, there's no comparison for me. But uh, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy with I'm happy to 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 play with you. Know, you know, bringing some modern play, I'm happy with Kante in there. Hmm. Uh, I'm obviously happy with Zidane in there. Uh, you've you've got to have Jorkaev. Well, is he a forward or a midfielder? That's the other. <laughs> I, w- I would I would have him as a midfielder. Okay. If I'm hmm. honest. Well, maybe we'll allow that depending on who you pick in your forward line. Um, I midfield, I would have Deschamps. I know that it seems to be very fashionable to hate Deschamps for some reason. As a player, I don't think so. No, I, I can see your point everything there. Everything he's won, and I know it doesn't seem obvious when you see him interviewed or in his press conferences or whatever, but when you speak to people who've worked with him, he clearly has got something. He's such a great leader of men. I think he's an amazing captain, won absolutely everything I've had in my team. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's hard I'd to go with someone current, why not? Yeah, either Kante or Talisa. I think they Fair enough. Okay. Well, well, we'll have to sort of leave that open midfield space open until we decide the forward line. Uh, for me, uh, Henri and, and Mbappe are two are two definites. Um, and then it's just the other space. Do you go with a number nine target man? Do you play Henri through the middle with two wide men? Do you, is sure. there a, is it, Case for Jorkaer uh, for Trezeguet. Is... Absolutely in my team. If we're talking purely World Cup 98, mm. despite what happened in the final, I would have Jorkaer ahead of Zidane if it came to a choice between the two. Mm. I think until after the 98 World Cup, Jorkaer spent most of his career carrying Zidane in the France team. Mm. And I think he I think he finished with the most assists for France in the World Cup. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Nobody's mentioned underrated players of the last twenty years. Nobody's mentioned Robert Perez either. The only reason I don't was yeah, true. Fair point. Fair point. I think I would, I would, I would, I would have Henri. I think it's perhaps a little overlooked. I think what both Henri and Trezeguet 
had did, a last year. Did during that tournament, they weren't necessarily first choice stars, but they were they were twenty year old kids. Yeah, um, who it's were you know deep. first major tournament, yeah. and and when it mattered, they really came up with the goods. Especially um, when Dugarry got injured, didn't they? I seem to remember. Did he get carried off against with South Africa or no, Saudi Givash, Arabia? Givash got injured. Givash, they? sorry, that's right, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Ori was Ori finished as France's top scorer in the World Cup. Mm. But more for, I agree with Rich, it wasn't an Trezeguet. I think, I think it was, I think it was, they did against Italy. I was going to say, it was, it was Jez, it was you that, you, you that brought that up. I, I, I saw that. Hmm. It, it, was, it was the era when Thierry Henry looked a lot like Eagle Eye Cherry, if people remember him from the 90s. <laughs> um, but there's, but yeah, there's, an, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pretty good article that um, Marcel Desai has written, um, yeah, The Guardian. Um, which is sort of his take on it and and, and uh, various bits and bobs, which are very, very interesting. But he did make sort of special mention, I think, within that, the fact that, that these kids... I mean, admittedly, he wasn't one of the five in that penalty shootout. So I'm always surprised he, at how ready he is to proudly say that he's one of the ones who got to work. Mm. Well, he, I think he then went on to claim that he was going to be sixth. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, which was his sort of way of covering himself, but I think you look at you look at that. I mean, the the guts that that obviously t- you know they, they weren't it, they weren't picked. They they put their hands up. Both of those both of those twenty year olds put their hand up and said, you know what, World Cup, um, World Cup quarter final penalty shootout home turf. Yeah, we'll take penalties in the penalty shootout, and and you know full credit to them. So I think both of those, perhaps looking back now. I think people don't necessarily give them the credit that they actually deserve. You know, obviously everyone, understandably so, will look at Zidane, will look at Jorkaev, will look at that defence. But I think those two kids, and I, I use that in the nicest possible way, those two kids did play so well during that tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I mean, if, as I say, if we're going to put Jorkaev in midfield, then I guess that frees up a spot. So we're all agreed in Mbappe and Henri, and then it's a bit of a bun fight for the third well, place. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd chuck in Griezmann from the modern, mm, yeah, from yeah. the modern, the modern gang. And, and again, you know, just to show that I'm not completely anti-Giro anymore, you, you can't knock his scoring record. Yep, no, no. You true. cannot knock it. You really can't. I mean, is he now ahead of Zidane? Is he, did he move he's ahead left, of Zidane? I think he's at level. Or is he level now? Level. But he's not. He's, he's fourth in the li- in the all-time list, isn't he? I think. I mean, three behind Trezeguet. So again, you, you you can't you know can't dispute pure facts. <laughs> you know that's 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 a statistic that so many people going back to what Jez was saying about knocking Giroud. So many people forget. You know he's not he's not going to score a hat trick every game, but you play him, yeah, he'll get a goal, and he'll work hard. And also, there's no other player. I mean, Griezmann has scored in the last. I think five or six or seven matches for, for France, he's just scored one penalty. No one gets the same kind of stick after one bad match as you And you saw that um, Deschamps interview where he was, you know, he was saying, look at what Giroud does, kind of look at what he does off the ball, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But he says something like, he's not going to dribble past three players. And I was like, oh, no, maybe not. But you look at possibly the most important goal he has ever been a part of was back in 2012, May 2012, Montpellier versus Lille. And 
he made that goal. He didn't score it. It was Eikfana's goal. But he did it by picking the ball up in his own half and then powering towards, you know, the, the, the goal line, going past, basically beating two defenders, cutting it back past the third one. He is smarter than people seem to think. It's Jez, I think he, he used to say, I love his chest. And I think we'd, we're, we're all on board with that, aren't we? Um, yeah. The little layoffs, the little cushioned headers, the little chest down, the little, you know, dicking on um, on Lille in that, that final game of, of that season. You know, he is a very intelligent player. He is now, I don't know, 33, something like that. But he's always had the intelligence to know what his limitations are and work around them. Always. And, and that's a really useful skill to have, I think, at this kind of kind of level. Because it's like if somebody cuts off his A game, he's not going to panic and not know what to do next. You know, it's, he's he's always got a plan B. And the fact is, he maybe is France's plan B. But to have a plan B who has a plan B is a good thing, I think. Yeah. And talking of much maligned strikers, you wouldn't have him in my composite team. But as I've written about on Fenture of a Weekly before, um, that Stefan Givash was in his time an excellent striker and mm -hmm. had a really good World Cup despite not scoring is a hill I'm prepared to die on. It's, I mean, it's, it, as you said earlier on, it's, it's a difficult one to, to judge because we are judging, you know, 20 years ago as a pair. Prepared to, as opposed to now, but it's just just a bit of fun, really, and you know, just comparing how different things were. And watching that documentary, you remember the French team going in. There wasn't a huge amount of expectation, really, until they got into that latter stages. I think it was the um, the golden goal, wasn't it, that sort of changed um, opinion? Would that be fair? It was Paraguay, wasn't it? Was it Paraguay? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah Laurent Blanc's goal. Um, against that, that one. Yes, of course, and and the Turam. Um, so oh, don't. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> don't. Um, Didier Rissan was actually talking about that today, saying that Bernard Diomed said it was Paraguay that was the match that clicked because it was mm. up, up to that point. If they'd lost to Paraguay, then they'd have sort of gone home and complete disgrace. Mm. After that, if you lose to Italy, it's not the most embarrassing thing in the world. So it was from that, after that result, that basically all the shackles were lifted and that's when they sort of started to, to yeah. really kick in. And who'd have thought a, a squad with Vincent Candela um, as a part of it would win a World Cup? Ooh, he he scored a ah. free kick in the Legends game as well. I hope you're not about to criticise Candela. No, no, no of course not. I, okay. Great. Did you see that? <laughs> he, had a, he, he had a lovely style and he had a name that reminded me of, of a funky coffee. So, you know, that's always a good thing. Um, he was, no, he uh, was just his bad luck that Lizarazu was there. And also, he was responsible for making um, I Will Survive the sort of French anthem of that World Cup. And I loved uh, Alan Bogossian's um, uh, Richie from Bottom style haircut back in 98 as well. That was uh, also <laughs> quite the thing to behold coming from me. That's quite rich. Um, but yes, good memories. Well, I, I guess uh, that, that seems as good a point as any to uh, go on. You're, you're aching to say something, aren't you? No? 
Oh, I, I sorry. I thought you were going to say something else then. Um, no, I, I feel like that's a good place to to bring this pod to a a close. And we'll save the league on news um, for a rainy day because obviously it is all about the World Cup at the moment. There's been a few stories uh, in and out transfer wise, managerial comings and goings. We'll, we'll touch on those perhaps when we get a, a quiet pod. Uh, I'm sure we'll all be um, eagerly watching the Bielsa project at Leeds as well. Ooh, I'm sure, Leo fans geez. in particular will be uh, quite excited by that. Not, um, but yeah, we'll cover that in in future pods. Uh, we will be uh, we're, we're covering the games are we planning to stick to the the standard days once a week or are we planning uh, out? i think it's, it's whatever we can manage really isn't it so um yeah. basically if you have any questions uh send them in either on twitter or in a comment under the uh article on the website the host the pod and we will be sticking to the regular schedule but might fit in um kind of additional pods possibly if we can get members of the extended ffw family involved uh, as well just maybe to cover specific games so we'll we'll see how that goes but if you have any questions uh do please send them in if they are will thomas lamar go to x then they might just, get overlooked just, just 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 be aware that that might go into the second pile uh, yeah. of, of notes keep them france related yeah yeah, yeah. we're all okay. world cup all the time there we go we'll we, we'll commit uh, we'll commit to at least one pod in the group stages we'll say that much and obviously if there are more which there probably will be then just stay tuned to our our twitter feed um and i'm sure when we know when we're going to be putting one out we'll give you a little bit of a heads up as best we can so um yes uh, it'll be us or some of us and others we'll, we'll say that much um but as we say the first game for the French is against Australia on Saturday. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff, I think, in the UK. Yeah, it's um, lunchtime in France. This is going uh, to be interesting. Good times. And I have no idea whether it's on ITV or BT. So if you're in the UK, you'll have to look that up yourselves because I don't work for them, I'm afraid. But I'm sure you'll be able to find out who it's with and keep a close eye. Uh, I shall be purchasing my shirt in the next couple of days because I can. Um, we'll all be behind the French. And of course, we'll keep in touch with our thoughts and feelings as the tournament progresses. So uh, good luck to Deschamps and co. Uh, let's hope it's a tournament to remember for all the right reasons. Um, my thanks then to our panel. So thank you very much to Rich. Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. And to Jez. Thank you, Jez. Thank you. And of course to Phil for hosting and uh, taking part clearly under the weather. So thank you, Phil. Get well soon. Allez les bleus. Indeed. Thank you very much for listening. This has been French Football Weekly. Uh, I have been your host, Chris. We'll be back after France have mashed through the first game with Australia. Fingers crossed. We'll speak to you very soon.